What is going on out there, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike, man? Do we have a lot to get into here on week two of the Bet on Lacrosse show? I'm your host, Dan Newbert, at Newbie Talks on Twitter. And joining me, as he always is, is the co-host with the co-most, Doug Greenberg. How are we doing, Dougie? Yo, Newbie, I am so good. We had another, we had a fun week. Of, uh, of lacrosse bets it was um some things that were good that we expected some things that we did not expect um but you know what the first couple of weeks are going to be a learning curve um as you as you always see with these kind of things but that's fine we're we're rolling with it baby we're we're making it work well, exactly that. And uh, on the episode today, we'll recap what happened in week one. We'll talk about some of our bets that went well, some that didn't go so great. Those darn half points continue to be uh, my absolute bane of existence. We'll get into this week. We'll give, obviously, our picks against the spread. We do a best bet and we do something we call EMO. It's your extra money opportunity here on the Bet on the Cross podcast. And, um, you know, I, I just think first things first, the level of play in the PLL is, is just stellar. And uh, behind the board, we have Hutton Jackson and uh, he and I, we go back and forth all the time, just talking about the college game versus the pro game. And I think we both love watching professional lacrosse. And what we saw this past weekend is a huge example. Why Hutton, how are you doing, man? And immediate takeaways from what was a stellar week one in the PLL. I'm doing well. And it was a good, uh, good weekend, good opening weekend. I think we saw a lot of teams that, you know, kind of only were a few pieces away, really fill those needs this off season and Excel, you know, I'd say like the whips, the archers, I mean, the whips really didn't even need any pieces I'd say. And some other teams that did massive rebuilds like the Atlas and water dogs really struggle. So I think it's going to take some time for them to gel, but uh, those were my immediate takeaways from this weekend. I think for us as betters, Doug, you know, an immediate takeaway is how about the cannons? They come out one and one. So, you know, great stay in 500 with two games on the first opening weekend, two and oh against the spread. They cover against the woods on opening night, one and a half. What an awesome game that was. And then they just absolutely dismantle the water dog. Sure, the final score wasn't that lopsided, but it was lopsided enough to make you say for the new kids on the block, Man, did they look stellar, did the Cannons. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, they, you know, Lyle Thompson, as we knew, he, he looked right at home in the PLL. Uh, looks like he hasn't missed a beat coming over from the MLL. And, and yeah, really impressive stuff from the Cannons, too. Like, as you mentioned, 2-0 and against the spread. Um, you know, made it close against, you know, clearly a very good Red, Redwoods team uh, that went 2-0 and straight up this weekend. Uh, you know, very exciting stuff. And, you know, maybe a little Vegas Golden, Golden Knightsy. I don't know, man. It's possible. You, I, you never know. I, I mean, they, 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 they have a really, really good squad. They have arguably the best player in the world. So it's not completely out there to say that they can make a, a nice little run here this season. Yeah, and of course, you're speaking of Lyle Thompson there. What an absolute pleasure. Of course, it had to be Lyle scoring the first goal of the PLL season. Um, hey, and you know, like I said, new kids on the block. Well, what was it? It was, uh, it was LFO, I think the name of the group. Their song, Summer Girls, is where he says, new kids on the block had a bunch <laughs> of hits. And Chinese food, it actually doesn't make me sick. I love a good General Sows. Uh, but we're not here to discuss my favorite Chinese food. We're here to be talking of our lacrosse bets. This is the pro lacrosse show. This is the bet on lacrosse show. Uh, so if best bets, I, I guess, Doug, I'll let you bat lead off because uh, it's just still, it's still woes on, uh, on my side as um, 
Yeah, my my best bet. Not not all that great. Gave chaos a little too much love. I'll talk about that in a second because you get to have a little victory lap. What was your best bet? And man, you were, it wasn't even a bit of a sweat, Doug. Tell the folks. Oh yeah. Well, um, I like I, like I said last week, I absolutely loved Archers what they did in the off season. I think they had one of the best teams in the league last year, but they, it didn't quite work out for them uh, when it got to playoff time when it came to elimination time. So I knew they were going to be coming out of the gates hot. I took them uh, minus one and a half on just a minus one thirteen uh, price on that. And man, I mean, archers came out absolutely firing. Uh, I, I want to say they had the biggest win of week one, man, archers looked dominant, absolutely dominant. And, and I, and I knew that, and I also had a feeling that Atlas on the other side, we're going to struggle just a little bit, um, you know, closest thing you can have to kind of a rebuilding team uh, in the PLL, which, you know, I, I use that term pretty lightly because of, you know, how young the league is and everything. But yeah, Archers showed they're, they're a real force to contend with this year. I, I really liked their chances um, to win it all this year. Um, you know, I, so I, I, I thought it was a good one and sure enough, they, they rewarded me. So can't complain there, man. Doug Cash is the ticket on the best bet. He starts off one and oh, while me over here, I start off. Oh, and one. I really thought the chaos had it circled that. Oh my goodness. We get to get revenge against the whip snakes. We were so close. If it weren't for a fourth quarter collapse, people are talking about us as the champions, man. The whip snakes are damn good. It, it, it was just utter domination. Sure, at the end, chaos made it respectable, but really, it was just whips all game long. And and luckily, you know, at the end, that's where you, you start coming back and at least make the final score respectable. But it wasn't even that close in, in the case of the chaos. And I already had in my fridge. I had my beers ready to go so I could do the Stone Cold Steve Austin nod to Andy Towers, and my beers will sit in there for the next time I pick chaos as my best bet. Spoiler alert, it ain't going to be this week. But maybe, but maybe. <laughs> I think Doug has a bit to say on that. So chaos doesn't cover for me. Oh, and one on the best bets. That's why we told you in week one, folks, don't get nutsy. As far as EMOs go, hey, at least I didn't. Hey, flip the script, baby. Yes, yes, plus 185 to make us profitable, even losing that best bet. Woods minus one and a half in their Sunday game against the Chrome end up coming through for me. Was happy about that. And the Water Dogs, in your case, Doug, I like the same exact look as you did. I mean, both of us stay in our against the spread picks over 500. That's great in week one, not really having much information. But I think both of us were really surprised by what we saw from the Water Dogs. And now, really, just the question is, the health of Michael Sowers, you know, when, when do we get to see him on the field again? So, um, you know, I, I think we were both just on the wrong side of that water dogs game, unfortunately, and credit to the cannons. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about that is a big part of betting is you really got to evaluate your, you got to evaluate your team as much as you have to evaluate the other side as well. And, and that was something that I think we both overlooked in both of our losses is I think you, you may have overlooked how like the web snakes, you don't want to, I personally am like, I'm never stepping in front of the web snakes. They are, you know, they're a train. Hop on the train before it's too late. They're, you know, they're, they're absolutely stacked. I, I never want to get in front of them. Um, and, and on my side too, I, I think I kind of underestimated the cannons a little bit because, Agreed. you know, like we said, I think it was, I think it's easy to count them out because they were the new kids on the block and because 
Um, you know, they're, they're new to the league, but these are, you know, it's a team full of veteran players. They're like, we keep mentioning Lyle Thompson uh, is one of the best players in the world, regardless of what league he was playing in. Um, so maybe we underestimated them a little, a little bit. I definitely did and missed on the EMO, but you know, it's all right. Cause we, we both, we got, we, we each got one pick, right. And uh, you know, that's making money if you're playing it, right. We're staying profitable, and that is what it is all about right there. Um, So, again, folks, uh, coming up on the show, we're going to have our best bets. We're going to have our EMOs, and we're going to go game by game. Last thing on week one, uh, before we get to the wager woes here, a perfect teaching example because when I woke up on Saturday morning and I went to check the lines, I saw that not only was my best bet chaos plus two and a half, and I just figured it's open in week. Why not go with the, the biggest underdog of the week and hope something crazy happens? The whip snakes shut that door closed. Just like you said, you don't want to get in front of the whip snakes. Nobody wants to get in front of Matt Rambo when he has a full head of speed coming down. So it's apropos that, uh, that he of course is uh, the star there for the whip snakes. But when I woke up and saw that chaos, not only was getting two and a half points on the spread, it was also plus money. So it's almost like that, that 2.5, that two and a half was more like a two, seven, five trending towards a three as an underdog. And even that they couldn't cover that. So as steam, as we explained on week one was getting hit on the way of the whip snakes, that was a telltale sign that uh, my bet, my best bet, Doug, Eh, was probably in some trouble and that's really just being able to look at and study market moves which is really what you do weekly when you're writing your rundown yeah yeah absolutely and you know that's something it's it's one of the aspects of the betting game the betting market whatever you want to call it that a lot of uh beginner bettors kind of overlook is line movement is very very important and and granted like we are recording this show early in the week so we're looking at close to what these lines were opening at we they actually come the lines actually came out last night on monday night we're recording on tuesday morning or tuesday afternoon i guess um and so we're about 24 hours from where the lines were released um but what you know a a big thing you got to track is when the lines are moving and how they're moving and and protect and potentially why they're moving you know sometimes it really is just because there's so much public action on one side the books have to protect themselves and, and move the line to try and entice people to bet the other side. Um, sometimes it's not the public. It's, it's just guys who have a lot of money who are very, very confident. Because in theory, the more money you have, the more confident you are in your picks. Or you're just, yep. you know, dumb and have a lot of money and rich. I would love to be that. Um, so, you know, uh, it's definitely something to be careful of, um, you know, when, when toying with the idea of, uh, placing your picks early in the week. If you're like very, very confident and you think you want to get the best number, which we actually will talk about this later, but there's some examples this week where I saw some numbers last night where I was like, interesting. Um, and sure enough, uh, there, there's been line movements in those directions. So if you think you can get that best number, go for it by all means. But you got to be careful because sometimes you might think you're getting the best number, but then you take it. And, and like what happened to you last week, newbie, is it it just, it goes in the other direction and you're like, oh, well, crap, I could have gotten a better number. I could have gotten a better price on this. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something to be careful of and something to note going forward. 
Yeah, and that is why Dougie Greenberg, Dougie Fresh, is here on the podcast. You can find him at Doug Greenberg. Check out his daily column, The Rundown, for some great betting advice and just some macro, some micro stuff as well. Last thing on week one, got to complain a little bit. Half points are just brutal. When you win by a half point, it, you like you barely remember it. When you lose by a half point, you stew about it all week long. Luckily, I only played one of the unders because our Wager Woes segment, you can find it drop every Monday yet at bet on lacrosse um, Redwoods. They beat the cannons 12 to 11 hitting the over uh, 22 and a half by that darn half point. And then they continue the trend uh, with their three point victory over Chrome. It was 14 to 11, but that total 24 and a half. So I get to lose both of those. Great. Isn't that terrific? I, I, I get to so lose much fun, man. Yeah, half points, man. Half points are absolutely brutal. Uh, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry bleep in Christmas. And uh, and if I could cover a darn half point, it would be a lot better, Doug. How about that? Man, how, how are you full of these expressions, man? I, I'm an old You're soul. just like. I'm an old. You're soul. just like. You're like an encyclopedia for these things. It's <laughs> incredible. Uh, Doug will give you the betting knowledge. I'll give you the uh, one-liners that you can use at dinner parties to make you seem somewhat interesting. So what? let's get into it this week, folks. Uh, we got our totals. We got our lines. We got everything great. And for that, we run down the entire board with the man himself. Hutton, what are the folks betting on this week, man? All right, folks. To start the weekend, you have the Water Dogs playing the chaos on Friday night. The Water Dogs open up as one and a half point underdogs against the chaos who are one and a half point favorites. The over under for that game is 20 and a half. Then on Saturday, you have the cannons are one and a half point underdogs against the whip snakes. And the over under is 24 and a half. Then later that day, the Atlas and the Redwoods are playing. The Atlas are actually two and a half point underdogs. And the over under for that game is 25 and a half. So pretty high. One of the highest ones we've seen so far. On Sunday, we get the Water Dogs again against the Chrome. The Water Dogs then open up that game as one and a half point favorites. And the over under for that game is 20 and a half. And then the Archers Chaos game, which wraps up the weekend, the Archers are two and a half point favorites. And the over under for that game is 24 and a half. That's Hutton Jackson. Get him on Twitter at Hutton Jackson. Right into it, folks. Uh, week two. And again, I'm still dug in that kind of learning stage here where I'm not pulling off the rubber band. I'm not doing three unit max plays, anything like that in week two. Cause I think the main takeaway for me from week one is that we still have a lot to learn about, you know, maybe how some of these teams, how some of these moves will play themselves out on the field because um, you know, I, I just think, I'm not confident enough yet to say I have really any of these teams completely nailed down outside of maybe you just look at the whip snakes and you say, okay, they can go toe to toe against anybody. So I just think there's, there's still a lot to be learned this week. And before we get into our first game here, I think you made a great point in our pre-show meeting about looking at some of these Sunday games and how they just can completely change on the spread or maybe why it's better to bet those early or in some cases bet them late as you're looking at these Sunday games. Any advice on maybe how to attack those before we start going against the spread here? Yeah, so there, there's essentially two lines of thought when you're looking at the Sunday games um, because I had a bit of a rude awakening, but something maybe I should have seen coming. Friday morning, uh, I went online and I saw, I went to look at, you know, all the lines for this weekend just to went to take another look. And I noticed that on Friday morning, the Sunday lines were now gone. Um, and I think that's just an act of the book protecting itself. Um, they don't want 
something to happen in the Friday games or something leading up to the Friday games to mess with their lines for Sunday, especially given that these teams are both playing on Sunday. So effectively, there's two lines of thought that you can do um, going into those Sunday games. One is, and I think this may be the smarter move, you know, maybe pays off, maybe doesn't, but don't bet on the Sunday games until after the Friday games, whether that's whenever those lines get posted, whether that's Friday night, whether that's Saturday morning, um, hold off on betting on those games until then, because you just, you don't know what could happen in the Friday night. You can get an injury, you can get, um, you know, any number of things happening, just a bunch of line moves, just based on how the, on how the teams played, you know, if one team blew the other out, if it was a close game, any number of things could help determine what that line is. So we don't really know, how it's going to affect those Sunday lines until after the Friday games happen. So maybe wait, hold off. But the other line of thought is that if you really think you're getting an edge going into Friday and you want to take that risk of a player not getting injured or, or something unforeseen happening that you, you know, maybe didn't think of, go ahead and take one of those Friday lines and just hope you end up getting the best number. Uh, If I know anything about betting uh, a lot of the time, you're not going to get the best number. But it's definitely something, uh, you know, it's something to consider at the very least before going into those Friday matchups. No, I think it's a great point that you make. And this week is going to be one of those weeks, especially with the two teams. And we'll get into it right here as a week two picks against the spread. And as Hutton mentioned there, you have the chaos as minus one and a half point favorites on the first game of the weekend. It's Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern as the water dogs take on the chaos and the chaos are minus one and a half. Interesting note though, speaking of line moves, speaking of how the market adjusts already in less than 24 hours, we're recording here on a Tuesday lines come out Monday evening and the water dogs actually opened up as one and a half point favorites. Now, you're looking at the chaos as one and a half point favorite. So that complete line has flipped. Of course, the money line reflects it as well. But the thing is, you know, that can't just be waiting on Sowers and seeing what his health is. I think that line move is massive to see it flipped. And I was a little bit surprised to see the water dogs opening up as favorites. Now, Full disclosure here, folks, I'll make a pick, you know, forced, I guess, against the spread. Now that they're getting one and a half points, if I had to pick, I would go water dogs plus one and a half, but I'm really not rushing to bet either of these teams. I know you have a bit stronger of a vibe than I on, uh, on this one, Doug, and we'll, we'll exact hear your full take on this maybe a little bit later, but I'm not rushing to bet either of these two teams. Cause I will admit in week one, these are the two teams that I had dead wrong on my perception coming in. So I want to learn a little bit and having them face off against each other. One of them has to go. Oh, and two, I don't think either of them want to be in that hole, but that line move scares me. And this was already a game that I was looking to pass. So if I had to pick it water dogs plus one and a half, but I'm not putting any money on this. This is, this is a sheer pass for me as a lot of this board this week is what say you Dougie. Yeah. You know, I can get into it a little bit later. I think that, I was when I saw this line open yesterday and we looked at it, I was definitely very surprised that chaos were the dogs here Um, just because I think that they have a lot more potential to rebound than water dogs do between, you know, Sour's injury and, and really just, I I thought that water dogs were a little disappointing in the way that they played um, against, uh, against the cannons. Um, You know, I think they could have had a little bit of a better showing than they did obviously chaos, you know, ended up not being able to cover a two and a half point spread either. 
but you know, they still have Blaze Reardon. They still have, um, you know, Josh Byrne. They still have a really, really potent attack. And, and I don't know, like they just seem to be trending in a better direction than water dogs. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll give my thoughts a little bit later on the spread. The money log at minus minus one twenty five is still is still playable in my opinion for chaos. If you don't want to mess with the spread, um, you know, depends on your personal preference. I generally go up to like one thirty, one forty when it comes up to prices like that. Maybe up to one fifty if I feel very strongly about it. Um, but in my opinion, one twenty five still playable um, for the money line. So that's definitely my thoughts about chaos um, as of right now. I still have indigestion from my best bet. So uh, I, I'm not rushing to, uh, to be betting the chaos at all. Hutton, be the voice of reason. Where are you looking in this one as the chaos are now one and a half point favorites after opening as one and a half point dogs? What say you, my man? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I wouldn't touch this game at all. Um, you know, had it been the reversal, if I had it gotten in early, maybe I would have gone with the chaos because I tend to like the chaos in this game. Um, but Again, I, I don't really want to touch that minus one and a half with them. Um, I'm staying staying away from this one. But if I had to, if you were pulling pull my arm and twisting my arm trying to get me to pick, I'd go chaos minus one and a half. There he is, Hutton Jackson. We'll move on to Saturday where uh, this Doug could be the game of the weekend. I, I cannot wait for this one. I'm so excited that the Cannons are really off to this strong start, and I hope that it continues. Unfortunately for them, they have one of the toughest ways to start the week or start the season, rather, because the Cannons have two games, week one, and now what's their reward for having back-to-back, Doug? Why not play the back-to-back champions? The only champion the league has ever known, the Whip Snakes. The Whip Snakes are one-and-a-half-point favorites as uh, the Cannons look to uh, continue to be that little shocker. Now, this game is going to be nationally televised at noon and it's nationally televised for a reason. This is the litmus test for the Cannons. I know it's early in the season. Now, I'm not surprised, as I kind of said earlier, the Cannons came out of week one being one and one because the talent that they have is indisputable. I'm not surprised that they have a 2-0 ATS record because with the way that they're built, they're not really going to be getting blown out by many people. Now, I am surprised that they just dominated the Water Dogs. You know, Paul Rabel looking like he's turning the clock back. But as far as we're talking against the spread here, the whips just dismantled the chaos. Uh, And I don't know if that was more the chaos being disjointed or the whips really that much better. Are they really light years better? I'm not sure. I think it's so tough to call in this one. So another one that I'm probably not going to be getting nutsy on, but I'll do it again. I'll be the guy tweet at me at newbie talks that I'm clueless. I'm fading the whips again. I'm going to regret it, but give me the cannons plus one and a half. What say you, Doug? All right, cool. So in our pre-show meeting, um, I originally made whips minus one and a half my best bet. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing I'm changing my line of thinking on that. I still like the I still like the whips minus one and a half, minus yeah. 113, as I mentioned, because there's two, two things I learned literally just from us talking on this podcast right now. Um, one is that, like I said, don't want to ever step in front of the whips. I, no. I won't do it. I won't bet against the whips because I'll, I'll be the one on the podcast that will sound stupid every week betting against the whips. But, I got your back, Doug. Listen, man, it, you know, if you want to if you want to get blown up by them for our entertainment, <laughs> I appreciate that very much. I'm personally not going to do it. Um, that team scares me too much. They, they give me nightmares. So I'm never going to step in front of them. So obviously, if I'm taking one of the sides on the spread, I'm taking uh, whips minus one and a half at 113. I think that's a really good price. However, it's not my best bet anymore because the other lesson I learned from early in this conversation was 
I, I'm not stepping in front of Canon. I'm not, I'm not underestimating Canons anymore. Um, because Canons are just, like I said, they, they came out better than we would have expected. And for all we know, they could really pull out a shocker, um, and, and take down whips, but it's just too early to tell with them. I, I'm, I'm probably not going to feel comfortable really betting on Canons until halfway through the season or so. Um, got to see a little bit more from them, but, um, I definitely do like whips at minus one and a half minus one thirteen. Hutton, tell the folks how crazy I am for fading the whip snakes again. I'm probably going to pay for it, but who doesn't love an underdog? Uh, am I as dumb as I feel right now? Hutton? Thanks for being the martyr. Cause, uh, I'll never bet against the whips as long as they keep <laughs> winning. Um, they're continuously undefeated for, I don't know, 400 plus days at this point. I haven't lost <laughs> since 2019. So, um, I might not even comment on the rest of these games. You know, I think the cans are going to give them a good game. Again, they have Lyle Thompson. I think the matchup between Lyle Thompson and Rambo's team is going to be an interesting one. But yeah, if, if there was one game I had to pick, uh, you know, don't get bet against the whips. That's some uh, good advice from Hutton Jackson, the host of the pro lacrosse talk podcast as well here on the lacrosse playground podcast network. And, and that sounds fine to me, Hutton. If you, if you don't want to talk the rest of the time, that's uh, that's fine. Doug and I will carry it. Cause I don't want you disagreeing. silently in the yeah. background. I'm sick. We don't, of we don't need it. Yeah. I'm sick, Done enough. Hearing, I'm, I'm sick of hearing him disagreeing against us. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're your, your mic is muted. You're the producer, but, but I muted the mic. All right, folks, next game. We'll keep on rolling here and uh, I'll give my thoughts because uh, Doug is actually going to be having his best bet coming from this game. And it's three o'clock on Saturday. It's the Redwoods minus two and a half, two and a half point favorites over the Atlas, who also, you know, really tough showing. They just got absolutely shellacked by the archers. Now I'll get into the archers a little bit um, later because I I honestly, I'll be honest. I I think Atlas is kind of getting a little bit unfairly viewed because I don't know who, would have been keeping up with the archers on Saturday night when they looked like good night Robichaud from the magnificent seven, like they legitimately could not miss. So I don't really think the Atlas were as bad as they looked, but I do think they have a lot of growing to do because I think they're really missing the fact that Jeff T still has that giant question mark. When are we going to see him on the field? If at all, I think he would be a major boost for this offense that really just kind of lacked identity. Now, uh, in the other case, the team that they're facing, who's two and a half point favorites, the Redwoods unscathed. Despite having two games, the Cannons gave them all they could handle. They came out of opening night with a win despite not covering the spread. And then they just answer back by, you know, covering and, and putting a nice stamp on the Chrome. So I think the Redwoods are the team that I thought coming in. This was the one team that I maybe did have a read, but on this one, and I'm looking forward to hearing your take on this game, um, which will be coming a little bit later here in the show, because I just don't know with them being one and one against the spread. I know that the Atlas, the whole entire narrative is this team is going bad and in a bad direction. They're just as, as struggling as they were this past season, but with two and a half, Um, You know, the Redwoods were close to not covering that against the Chrome, who I view a little bit better than the Atlas. So, Doug, again, I don't feel good about it. And, folks, I don't feel good about this whole entire board. But I'm going to go Atlas getting the two and a half in this game. And I'm looking forward to hearing Doug's take because I think he has a, a little bit stronger of a feel on this game and a little bit stronger of a vibe. I think the Redwoods could cover that two and a half. I just don't know if I've seen enough through two games to warrant them laying near three points. And as far as the total goes in this one, Doug, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I'm staying away from Redwoods total. 
my heart can only take so much when, when, when losing by another half point by the woods. So uh, anything on, on this total or any other, this, uh, the games that we, uh, we covered so far, it's 25 and a half. It seems a tick high to me, but the unders have burnt me two straight weeks or two straight games. I'm not going to do it again, though. I would lean with the under in this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is high. What I always like to say about, about totals is if it's high, it's high for a reason. Um, You know, if it's low, it's low for a reason. Um, And and some people, again, some beginner betters will look at lines like that and be like, well, 25 and a half, that's so much like, there's no way. And then like, of course, you know, they drop, you know, 14 and 12 goals or whatever. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a little tough to say, um, you know, the under obviously has the juice right now, which implies that, you know, maybe it is a little too high. So I, I don't know about this game. This one's a little bit hard to read. Um, you can see where all the scoring would be coming from, obviously two pretty good offenses, but I don't know. It, it's a little tough for me to say right now. So I'd probably stay away from that one. I, I will say going back actually to a game we already talked about yeah. the, and, and again, this is kind of in that same vein. Um, of it's low for a reason or whatever. Yeah. The first game, uh, Water Dogs Chaos actually had one of the lowest totals of the week. I think maybe the lowest total of the week. It opened yeah. last night at nineteen and a half, and it's actually come up to twenty and a half. That indicates a little bit of uh, a little bit of movement, sharp movement, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the reason why it's so low is because you're looking at um, Dylan Ward and Blaze Reardon in net, um, which fun storyline. Uh, you know, Dylan Ward was backing up Blaze Reardon last season. So obviously that's a fun storyline and you can make this argument that it's going to be a goalie battle, but I don't know. It's, it, it feels a little too low. And when I saw it, I was just like, I get it. Like, I understand that, you know, you got two extremely talented goalies in net, but chaos's offense is really, really good. I think water dogs offense could be, should show a little bit better than they did last week. So like 20 and a half, you know, it started off at 19 and a half and that quickly went up to 20 and a half. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it climb a little bit more before Friday. Um, so that was the only total that really caught my eye um, right off the bat. You know, I, I haven't really thought about the other ones as much, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, definitely an interesting range of totals here. The, there's nothing, there's literally nothing right now in the range of between 20 and a half and 24 and a half. It's just a wasteland in the middle. Yep. It's either real high or real low. Um, and so that, so that's definitely an interesting thing, especially I I think as the books kind of are still learning how to set the lines here, lacrosse, again, lacrosse betting is still very new compared to everything else. So I think as betters are learning how to bet it, I think the books are also learning how to, how to set the lines. Yeah, right there with you. And we're all learning together. And that's what bet on lacrosse is all about. We move to the Sunday slate where, Despite the Water Dogs becoming underdogs against the Chaos, they're still favorites. Dogs who, as we said last week, Doug, are not dogs as they take on Chrome, which um, I'm I'm a little bit, I guess, surprised at uh, the fact that the line completely flips against the Chaos. Clearly, um, people may be worrying about that injury for Wolf for the Chrome, and how does that affect them moving forward here? But 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, you got the Water Dogs as minus one-and-a-half-point favorites taking on the Chrome over under another low one at 20-and-a-half. Where are you looking in this game, Doug? Um, I mean, I, I, I love Chrome. I, I think that they... 
because they were, you know, the worst team in the first season of PLL. I think that they get a lot of, they catch a lot of flack for that reason. Um, and, and obviously water dogs was the expansion team last year. So uh, it's definitely a weird, it's definitely a strange matchup of sorts, but I, but I kind of like Chrome. Um, I wouldn't lay two thirty on a plus one and a half spread, but if I had to choose one, that's the one I'm taking. I just can't trust water dogs right now, especially, you know, as we talked about with Sowers potentially being out, um, but playing Chrome at minus one Oh eight to win, you know, I don't hate that at all. Um, I, I think that it's a pretty good play. It's not, I don't love it, but if I had to take something in this game, I'd probably be looking to Chrome and maybe, and maybe the under too, because, you know, um, it's not that these are bad offenses, but again, this, this one feels like low for a reason, but could actually stay low because of the read that the books had on it. So in terms of the total, that's my thought there as well. Yeah, I think you also see that the Chrome, after being one of the worst teams defensively last year, has put a much better focus on that. I'm looking at this game kind of the similar way. I think the biggest question mark for me coming into this week is around the Chrome, and it's around the chaos because they're both dealing with that same distraction. You know what I mean? We didn't really mention it when doing the rundown, but all lacrosse fans know about the uh, distraction hanging over what otherwise was a terrific weekend where uh, the weekend brawl that apparently ended like that, uh, that fight scene in the interview when Seth Rogen gets like his finger bit off in the, uh, in the control room, deep cut reference there, folks, uh, where, um, where, you know, everybody's talking about that instead of mentioning the fact that the Chrome, sure, they lost to the Woods 14 to 11, but there was a lot to like uh, about that loss. You know, it's hard to say it was a good loss. I hate when people say that in sports betting, but, um, you know, Connor Farrell, a.k.a. Long Island Thor, ends up making the boy wonder T.D. Erland not not look, you know, bad, not even look subpar, but he makes him look human, which 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 was not the case on last Friday evening. Also, you're looking at new faces on that offense, like Ryan Tarafanko and Jackson Morrill, who, ball, who both found the back of the net and look like they'll be solid contributors. So while I'm not laying, you know, minus 230 to do it, I think Chrome plus one and a half is definitely worth a look and completely echo those sentiments about, you know, I, I don't even think I would have to hold my nose to bet them at minus one Oh eight. I could totally see Chrome taking down the water dogs, especially while I'm not going to bet this yet. If this line is still looking the same come Sunday morning or Saturday evening, when this line opens back up after the Friday games, I could totally see uh, Chrome making it onto my board, either at that plus one and a half or just straight out right on the money line too, Doug. Yeah, and and the thing about that is, and what we mentioned at the beginning is that I think this one you're definitely going to want to have to wait through the Friday games because I I don't know we, I I can't get a good read on Water Dogs like now right yep. now we mentioned it last week I really liked them coming into the season I thought they were going to have a nice bounce back didn't look great in week one um, so it'll be really interesting to see how they respond on Friday night you know we, we're still waiting on the stat the status of Michael Sowers obviously. Um, so I would definitely wait until after the Friday games to bet on this. Frankly, Chrome might end up being favorites after this, after this, depending on what happens on Friday night. Um, if you want to grab, the, but that's the thing, uh, you know, if you, if you feel very strongly about Chrome and you really think they're going to win this game, regardless of what happens Friday, then I'd look at them on the minus one away money line. Um, that could end up being the best price that you're going to get about on them. But on the flip side, there's, and you, you know, it could go either way. Either water dogs will look great. Um, that'll shoot their value up uh, going into the Sunday matchup, or they'll look terrible and Chrome suddenly will be favorites. And then you could actually grab them on the minus one and a half 
uh, spread for some plus money if you really felt strongly about them there. So there's a lot that could happen. I personally would probably wait until after the Friday games to bet Chrome. Um, but they're definitely a really intriguing option here. And, and for all we know, maybe our opinion will change a lot about water dogs after Friday. It, it very well could be. And then that will be in fact, uh, that will be reflected in the prices that we're going to end up seeing. So you may end up with a better price on Chrome. So I completely agree. You got to wait through Friday to really bet these Sunday games. Um, however, I may have a however. little bit different of a vibe coming in the 345 game on Sunday. Last one we're going to preview before we get you our extra money opportunities and, of course, our best bets as well. It is the Archers, two and a half point favorites, minus 125. Worth mentioning that um, it was plus 105 if you wanted to hit it last night when the lines opened or wanted to hit it on Monday night when the lines opened. Archers two and a half point favorites over the chaos we're looking at an over under of 24 and a half my best bet comes from this game so i'll let you uh you let the folks know what you're looking at here doug totally man um yeah such an intriguing matchup uh you want to talk about teams that i don't want to step in front of right now i'm not stepping in front of archers for anything right now i mean this team looks like an absolute wagon like i said i think they have one of the best offenses in the league potentially the best offense in the league they i mean Absolutely. They were absolutely humming this past weekend. Um, they just have so many good pieces, lots of good fundamental pieces. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that this is a really, really intriguing option. Um, looking at archers, um, you know, on the on the spread minus two and a half. There's a re- again, reason that they're two and a half point favorites. They, they look fantastic. Um, chaos did not look as fantastic. But again, we'll see what happens with them on Friday night. You never know. Um, and then just also looking at the total, another high for a reason one. This is 24 and a half. It's actually not the highest of the week. It's the second highest of the week. And you're getting plus money at, at 24 and a half. And I don't hate that either. Like I get that Blaze Reardon's in net. Um, you know, Adam Gittleman looked pretty good, but I, I think a lot of um, less experienced betters are going to look at this 24 and a half and be like, whoa, that's so high with those goalies in there. But I mean, look at these offenses. Um, like I said, Archer's one of the best in the league. Chaos still has an extremely potent offense themselves. I understand why it's this high. And right now you're getting that over 24 and a half at plus money. It's, it's kind of worth a look. I kind of, I, I kind of like it right there. Archers could hit that over by themselves. If they shoot, the Honestly. Same way, if they shoot the same way that they did this past weekend, what an impressive show. And I'll give my take on that game coming up after a quick little break here on the bet on the cross podcast. He's Doug Greenberg. I'm Dan Newbert. Stay with us here, folks. We're back here on the Bet on the Cross show. Dan Newbert at Newbie Talks on Twitter with the co-host with the co-most Doug Greenberg. Get him on Twitter at Doug Greenberg. Time for the favorite part of the show for everybody. Simply the best. Thank you, Tina. We are simply the best. Well, last week, uh, my, my best bet was not better than all the rest. Looking to go one and one at least. My best bet this week is Archers, minus two and a half. Now, Archers are facing off against the Chaos, who, who really struggled in uh, in the opening week. And sure, they made it look respectable, but early in that game, the offense was anemic for the Chaos, and the defense really took a while to get settled in. So while I'm not completely panning them, I am fading them in my best bet here, as the Archers team looked like Happy Gilmore, who finally learned how to putt. And he, he can't miss 
He can't be knocked down. And and while I'm not going to get nutsy and play it, I did bet this at plus 105 on the Archers at that plus money. Depending what happens on Friday night, I may even double down on it. Archers minus two and a half is my favorite play on a subpar board this week. So that's where I'm going. What say you, Doug? All right, man. My best play this week, my best bet is Redwoods minus two and a half which is currently listed at minus 121. And that's especially noteworthy because this line, when we looked at it yesterday, opened at plus 120. And so you could have gotten this a plus money would have been really nice. And the fact that it's flipped, you know, 40 money line points, whatever you want to call it. um, It says, it says a lot. It says a lot that people are very, very confident in Redwoods right now. And on the flip side, they are not very confident in Atlas. Like we said, closest thing to, uh, a rebuilding team that you can have in PLL and and Redwoods, you know, they've been contenders for forever. They've been in the, um, the, the, they were in the semifinals last year uh, in the, in the finals the year before that, um, you know, they are forever a contending team and they really retooled in a lot of ways. Um, Rob Pinnell fits really, really well into that offense. Um, and, and there's just another note about this too. And it's something that has to do with, you know, the bookmakers learning what they're doing, the betters learning what they're doing. I, I wonder how much these spread picks are going to start getting into more like two and a half, three and a half territory, because uh, last week we, there was one, two and a half line this week, there's two, two and a half lines. And this line is like very much trending in the two and a half point favorites direction. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some threes, three and a halves um, as we come through the season, but it's all a very long winded way of saying that I really love Redwoods minus two and a half this week. I think they continue to roll. They go three and oh, um, one of the best teams in the league. I love that breakdown right there. And that was, um, you know, kind of kind of making me regret the way that I was looking in that game with the Atlas two and a half. That's a strong breakdown right there, Dougie. Well done. Hey, man. No, 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 no. I mean, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not I would never completely count out an underdog, especially, you oh, know, they're no. one of the bigger underdogs of the week. But like, uh, no, I don't hate that at all. It's, it's for me, it's. Breakdown. I appreciate that, man. As always, as always, which brings us to the EMOs, our extra money opportunities. I bet lead off last week. So I'll give you the first say, where are you going for your extra money opportunity this week, Dougie? Uh, My EMO is chaos minus one and a half plus 155. That's in the Friday night game, mind you, um, against water dogs. You know, uh, like I said, I, I came out of, I'm not trying to be too reactionary here, but I was very disappointed with what we saw from water dogs in week one. I just was expecting a lot more from them, especially against cannons cans kind of worked them the entire game. Um, the, the health of Michael Sowers, I, I keep saying it, but it's going to have a lot to do with the, how this game is scored. Um, I, I think chaos got a lot to prove after losing last week. They, you know, got, they got embarrassed again by whip snakes. Um, and I think that's a proud team. I think it's a proud team of plot players um Andy Towers is going to have the boys coming out firing um so I like them you're getting them at plus 155 right now that's some solid value um so I'm looking at chaos minus one and a half plus 155 what you got newbie I got something that I would never ever ever suggest people to play I'm going with a parlay this weekend for my extra money opportunity because as I said at the top of the show folks 
there's not much that I absolutely love on the board. So I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to do a three-team parlay, and it's the three teams who are the biggest favorites this week. Now, when I played this, I was able to get a payout of plus 180, but a lot of steam coming in on the archers has now made this a plus 155 payout. So still some good bang for your buck. For my EMO, I'm going with a money line parlay of the archers, the redwoods, and the whip snakes. As again, I said a 155 payout. When you hate the board, Doug, why not swing for the fences? Give me. I love that. Archers, redwoods, whip snakes, money line parlay. That's my EMO, Dougie. That's beautiful. I love. See, and that's the thing is like when you, it's almost like you when you dislike anything else on the board so much, you just gotta you gotta just go for it. You gotta swing for the I fences. Did. You gotta do. You got to just do something a little outside the box. I, I like that, man. That's that's a really fun play. The EMO, the triple man up as I got the three-team money line parlay, which makes that a wrap for us. We want to remind folks, you can be a part of this discussion. You could hear your voice on this podcast you're listening to right now if you join in on our money line hotline it's up and running. So you can call in, you can ask us for some betting advice. You can give some advice your own. You could break down your most recent wager. Well, anything we would love to hear from you. Just visit the link in the description. And of course, be sure to check out my betting preview article comes out every week at lacrosseplayground.com. If you want some more betting content beyond just lacrosse, you can always check out Doug's betting newsletter. It's called the rundown and you can get him on Twitter at Doug Greenberg. Folks, make sure you subscribe. We'd love to see some reviews. Let us know what we're doing right, what you'd like us to change, and make sure you're sharing this pod with all your betting friends, with all your lacrosse fans, and join us every week as we bet on lacrosse. And what do we do? We make some money, folks. That'll do it for us. For my co-host, Doug Greenberg, for our producer, Hutton Jackson, I'm Dan Newbert, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully in the green, folks. Have a great week. 